This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Aftershock Central Podcast number 29 with Jack Sutherland, Martin Freddy, and Ronnie the Baron Zemo. That's a good <laughs> Oh, uh, episode 20. I already said that. <laughs> episode That's what happens when you miss an episode, right? Uh <laughs> oh wait yeah it was it was you and me right last time yeah it was yeah <laughs> wait wait no no it wasn't it was me and Jack because that's the one that no. we talked about the book that was that hadn't come out yet <laughs> that's correct <laughs> so uh, we need to apologize <laughs> before we get started because apparently we uh, Jack and I talked about World Reader number five last episode and the book hadn't even come out yet. Hmm? We don't even know how we got a copy of that book, to be honest with you. <laughs> Still bad. Yeah, we sure did. So uh, for, for those that messaged and said, hey, the book's not out yet, yep, you're right. <laughs> it is now. Even even Jeff Loveness sent us a message on Twitter and said, hey, book's out today. We're like, oh, too late. We talked about yeah. it. Yeah. So instead of doing episode 29, we're just going to replay episode 28. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, we do have some books to talk about though. Three books, three books. We've got uh, the Normals number three, Alters number six, and Rough Riders: Riders on the Storm number five. Yeah. So uh, I want two by a uh, friend of the show, Adam Glass. Yeah, I'm gonna talk to him and uh, see if he can make the volume three title extra longer than normal. Well, I need to talk to him and uh, have him put a Martin character in here <laughs> because uh, I don't know if you noticed, but there's also a Martin in Alters. There is. That's right. I think yeah. there's only one Ronnie, but there are many. It's all right, there only there only needs to be one Ronnie, so it's okay. <laughs> I got a Jack in Rough Riders, so you do. We That's can just leave it the way it is. That's true. What was the third one? You have a one? title, too. Oh, and Jimmy's Bastards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Jackpot. Jack, Jackpot. <laughs> oh, right. My two favorite things. Uh, oh, I'll leave that alone. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Ronnie, you missed last episode. I think, mm-hmm. I think you should pick the book, and I think you should go first. Oh, wow. Um, then let's do Jack's favorite book then. I'm going to steal it from him and we're going to talk about Alters first. Good choice. Good choice. Let's talk about it. You want to do a recap? Not really. Oh, you suck. (laughs) Yeah, I can. That's fine. Um, five second recap. Go. Chalice and her brother at the cafe or whatever. And then new altars are starting to spring up because she took down what's his name, Matterman. Matterman. Yep. And so, and she still, she, he, whatever, still feels guilty about um, the one kid being in the hospital. So it's kind of like a guilt-ridden type thing where she's wants to help, but she doesn't want to overhelp. Mm-hmm. Because she's afraid of her actions. Yes. 
I, I what I found interesting though about the issue is that it's not really that much about Chalice. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's I was gonna say. You left out the main character yeah, of the you story. You missed out like eighty-five uh, percent of the book there, Ron. Well. Uh, well, you did say five seconds, though. That's, <laughs> that's my recap. Hey, everybody else that's listening is going to read it anyway. I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> yeah, let's just go on to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it. That's our talk about alters. You didn't even do a creator roll call. Nothing. God. Uh, Paul Jenkins, writer. Lee Lee's on art. Leonardo Pacciarati on colors. I should be able to pronounce that. This is my family's mm-hmm. Italian. But guess what? I effed that up. And Ryan Hill and Letters. Awesome. Um, yeah, you missed the most important part. So the, the story takes place in Cleveland. And there's a woman with her two kids. And she's very much down on her luck. Uh, she's got like $3 to her name. Her kids are hungry. She promises them they're going to go eat. Uh, she can't even afford to get them toast or anything. So to go to the dollar store to buy a loaf of bread. Uh, and what else? Did she got something else? Oh, the soup. She can't even afford to turn their heat on. Yeah, They got yeah. the heat on using blankets, but she's worried it'll cost too much. Yeah. She's poor. Very poor. Uh, and, of course, when she goes to the diner is when she meets Chalice, who's there with her brother. Incognito, mm-hmm. not as Chalice. Um. And you know she so so I had a question about this. So Chalice has the power to um, like sense other altars. Uh huh. Can she also activate other altars? Now, did they have to be activated? I thought they activated on their own. Well, I wasn't sure about that because I, I don't I, remember. There was both. There was both. Because right? the yes, because some activated on their own. Hence, like, the X-Men reference type thing. And then, like, in issue one, I think, um, they were trying to uh, activate some, like, Harada style. Harada style, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I vaguely remember that. Um, Now, I I have a question leading off that, though. Are they down on their luck just because they've been hiding from Matter Man? Or are they down on their luck no. because she's down on her luck? No, no, this is this is nothing to do with Matterman. Yeah, I, I took it to be the latter. Yeah, yeah. Well, because I this thought is... I thought she was just in hiding or whatnot. So no, mm. no, not at all. Because um, I don't think she discovers her powers till uh, that one scene uh, when she's in the bathroom and mm. she and she touches the mirror. <clears throat> um, and I think. Uh, even from her speech at the beginning, you can kind of tell that it's not about Matter Man. Um, yeah. Seems like a very cultural issue. Like, he's trying to... Well, very she's much She's so. trying to... Yeah, yeah, very much so. And if you if you read the, uh, the, the postscript at the end from Paul Jenkins, um, he talks about how uh, this arc is going to be a lot about uh, people who are kind of hopeless. I, maybe that's not the right word. Um, people who really are down on the luck and maybe don't have a way out. You know what I'm saying? Trap. Uh, they're in the trap. Yeah, like that vicious circle, you know, where you can't really get better because you don't have an opportunity to do any better. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's... She exemplifies that. Yeah, and you could tell because at the end of it, not to give anything away because we haven't got there yet, but she, when she meets Chalice and they're talking, she doesn't... She's not... 
scared of her. She doesn't like criticize her for being an altar. Like that's not on her radar. She like criticizes her for being this skinny white girl that she has to deal with right, and that's yeah, coming yeah. down on her like almost like a white privilege thing or something. Yep. Like that's that's her issue. Not the altar thing. Although yes. she will have to deal with that at some point, I guess, in the arc. Well, and you know, I don't think any of us have had to uh, face this kind of situation. Um, but you know, I, I grew up in the Bronx in New York, and uh, I mean, I, I saw a lot of this. You know, and granted, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not like white, white. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty tan. I tan very easy. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but. Uh, you know, li- living in that kind of neighborhood. And, I mean, where I grew up, it was like all Jamaicans. You know what I'm saying? So, um, mm. like, it was black, 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 and everywhere was poor. Jamaicans and Puerto Ricans everywhere, and uh, it was it was interesting. It was interesting. I know, and it was funny too because my dad, my dad. I don't know if you guys have ever seen my dad, um, but he is the whitest of white people. Um, like I've he, seen him on Facebook. Yeah, he's like Casper the Friendly Ghost. He's so weird. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was like kind of like reverse racism in some ways because I mean, he was the whitest guy in the neighborhood. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, but, but it was interesting. So, so I didn't see this side of things, but I, I definitely uh, got the sense from people around me uh, yeah. that, that this was a commonplace thing. You know? Yeah. Right. So, That's what I love about – we need to have Paul Jenkins on to talk about. I bet he has some fascinating stories because something must be compelling him because this originally was – a. I mean it's a story about a, somebody who's not just to have powers, but she's dealing with this whole transgender identity thing, mm-hmm. right? And now he's tackling in this arc sort of race relations maybe a little bit, cultural stuff. Um so that's what I love about this title. Like, he's trying to tackle in telling like a superhero story. He's also tackling like real world issues. Yeah, issues, yeah. Yeah. And I love that, like, because Chalice and this lady are from two totally different cultural backgrounds. Like, it's it's cool the way, like, they don't. It's almost like they don't understand each other when you're reading this. She's like, she sees Chalice as this white privileged lady, like, get up all up in her business. I think she says. But then, Chal- like Chalice wants to help her with her powers, but uh, like ob- oblivious to the reality that this lady has bigger problems than dealing with her powers. Well, and the, the issue I mean? too is um, this: this Sharice, I think, is her name. Um, she sees Chalice as just a, a white girl. That's what she calls her at the end. But I mean, right. we, we know she's not a white girl, right? Like she's a transgender man, um, or in the process of transitioning. Uh, to be a woman, yeah. So, well, so, okay, right, right, so, right. so, Chalice would face a good point. Some, some similar issues and discrimination as Sharice does. Yeah, uh, but Sharice doesn't know that because she's just meeting this, you know, white girl in a costume. Well, that's what I mean. And Chalice doesn't know that because she's just like, I need to help her with this powers. But the whole issue is about this lady having other issues than just dealing with her powers. Yeah. Poverty issues of poverty. Right, and it was interesting too at the end uh, when she finds. So Chalice goes looking for Sharice uh, um, to see if she can help her control her abilities. Because I guess Octavius and, and the whole group have established this like school, right? Um, and so they're they're teaching all these new alters that are popping up how to use their abilities, and mm-hmm. she wants to bring her in so she can uh, learn to use hers. 
but of course, because of her situation, she chooses. She's choosing her family over anything else, right? And so she's using her right. powers to to steal food for her kids. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and and that was interesting, you know. Yeah. Um, because you, you, you can't think like she's just turned to a life of crime because she's a criminal. Right. Um, it's more like a, no. a Robin Hood thing, right? Uh, and, and I think that's what that's what I liked about the issue is I think Paul Jenkins did a good a good job establishing kind of uh, th- this lady's entire life situation in just a couple pages pretty quickly. Um, mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was good. It was good, and that's the majority of what the issue was about: was yeah. establishing her character and her situation. Yep. Yep, absolutely. She's in a kid named Martin, so of course this is uh, book <laughs> of the week. You know what I mean? Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, just, I always I wonder, say, like, just I always wonder why, like, uh, you know, DC or Valiant or Marvel don't don't do stories like this because they have their mutants and their metahumans and psyots and all that but this is what makes a comic interesting to me when you get away from the superhero stuff we've been reading for like 80 years mm-hmm. and tell a story like deeper than that um i think that's a good point and paul and i talked about this on the last valiant central um when we were talking about secret weapons because yeah. secret weapons does a really good job at that where yeah it's about kids with powers but what makes the book interesting is not that they have powers, but how they interact with each other and how they learn to use their abilities, I guess, in some way. Or like how their their abilities change them and right. make them better of the same. Um, and yeah, I think yeah. this book does the same kind of thing. It, it, since issue one, dude, I've said this is like, this book is just like when X-Men was great, you know, like back in the 80s, mm-hmm. um, where it's using... The, the mutant abilities um, as kind of a crutch to dive into serious social issues. Right. Um, except there's no BDSM right. here. You know what I mean? Right, right, yeah. Where, whereas Claremont liked, uh, he, he liked whips and chains. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, this is a good issue. Good issue. Yeah, I get tired of the whole big two huge event thing where, like, every story has to be some world ending catastrophe. You know, like sometimes it's good just to slow it down and get personal. Mm-hmm. That was my favorite thing about what Jeff Lemire did with Bloodshot was that he took a character that's been this just violent, constant action, you know, hero, and he 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 got personal. He revealed his like drug addiction and other stuff, yep. the inner tor- turmoil, yep. which I like that. So I have a question about Sharice's power. Um, based on what we've seen, I'm assuming it only works on glass. Is that right? I didn't understand what it, it looked in once one scene like she was liquefying the glass, right? But then in the latter scene, she like shattered glass. She shattered. Yeah, and I'm like, yep. I, I have that power. I can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I don't know what her deal is yet. I, I was just trying to figure out if it's maybe kind of like Mirror Master, where she can jump in through like different dimensions. By going through mirrors, right, um, or or like glassy surfaces. Yeah, that's what it seemed like on that first when she was in her bathroom and she just kind of reached through the yeah, mirror. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And she said, "Well, I'll be damned. I'll be damned." 
Uh, it was cool. Um, usually, I don't like when when writers try to um, write ethnic ethnically. Yeah, e- ethnically. But mm-hmm. like, it was really good here. It was very minor, like only a few things. Like she's like, shit. <laughs> you right. know, like you could you you read it, and you knew exactly what was being said. Right. You know what I mean? Right. right. I thought that was really good. Really, really good. Uh, let's rate this one up. Raise it up. You go first. It's your book. You brought it up. Oh, it's mine? Yeah. Um, I'm going to give it a four out of five. Okay. Jack? Uh, I'm going I'm going 4.75. High as I can go without giving it a five. I, just, I enjoyed reading this, even though it's like the beginning of an arc. Nothing's really happened yet. It was just, I enjoyed every page of it. I'm gonna I'm gonna sit snugly in between you two, and go with a four point three 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 repeating to infinity. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think that, that's a good point, Jack. It's it's the first issue back on the second arc, mm-hmm. um, and so there's gonna be a lot of setup because the the main villain's gone, right? He's he's locked up. Matter Man's gone. Yeah. Uh, so now right. we need we need a new uh, big bad. It looks like it yep. might be Sharice. Yeah, um, I did have some issues with the art. <laughs> wow, by the that, way. Could, that could be a twist. Maybe it is Charisse. <laughs> um, I had some issues with the art, probably like the first half of the book. What? Yeah, I don't know what it was. It just didn't feel huh. as polished as the first arc did. Um, <laughs> and then just like all of a sudden, it it, it felt crisper. Huh? I had no problem with any of it. Yeah, I don't know what it was. What's the deal with the cross on her eye? What's the deal with the cross <laughs> on her eye? <laughs> Why does she have a cross on her eye? I don't know. Her name's Whatever. Chalice, bro. Why not? Okay. Right. What is Chalice, anyways? A vagina. Oh, my God. <laughs> or a cup. Dude, you never read about the Holy Grail? Yes. I know what that chalice is, but you said okay. there's a cross, and I was like, well, What's that have to do so, with? So that's why some people say it's a cup, and some people say it was uh, Mary Magdalene. Because mm-hmm. in French, you have sang real, and depending, oh, on right, whether, right, right. depending on whether you cut it after the G or the E, it would mean, like, whatever, holy vagina or holy cup or something, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Yes. Whatever, whatever it was. Saying that he was married to Mary yeah, Magdalene yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And their child was the chalice or whatever something like that yeah something like that the the, the holy blood yeah um, next book i don't know bro <laughs> you brought it up listen you brought Ron, it up. ronnie's the politics and religion police <laughs> um i don't think it matters what order we do this in does it nope cool let's do uh let's do the normals number three this is uh written by adam glass art by dennis calero Colors by Adriano Agusto. And letters by Corey Breen. Uh, I guess I'll recap this one. Why not? I'm not doing Rough Riders. Okay, fine. <laughs> you, want to, you want to recap this one then? This one's easy. Yeah, go ahead. So yeah, I, I read Rough Riders a long time ago, so I don't even remember what happened. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping you'll ref- jog my memory. So much happened. So there's nothing normal about the normals. That's 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 the summary. I've gotten from this entire story so far. Mm. They're automatrons. They're robots. They were a family. They didn't know they were robots. And now they're finding out. Well, they still don't um, know. Well, yeah. one of them knows. The father knows. Sure, the sure. father's the only one that knows. 
so in this and in this issue this is about this so the what's the guy that's sort of the doctor main yeah that's his main contact point that's explaining to him that they're robots um came to the realization that they they sort of evolved to the point where they have some humanity in them like their artificial intelligences kind of kicked in and and he was able to cry even though they were never programmed <clears throat> or designed to cry so that led him to believe that okay these these things are human and we can't just destroy them or reprogram them which they were intending to do we because he says if we do that now now that he's noticed this that would be the same as murder so he goes on this big kick to help bust them out of this place that they're they're in um, and he, they somewhat succeed until the last couple pages when the security catch up to him and they shoot him, the father in the chest. He doesn't die because he's a robot. Now all the kids are freaked out. Like, why is my dad could take a bullet to the chest and he's still running around? Um, so their, their secrets sort of being revealed to the family. And is that it? I think that's about it, right? The wife at the end. Yep. I didn't take. I didn't understand that at the end. Well, because they separated them, right? And they each had them in their own compartments, right? And so she got reprogrammed, apparently, yep. where she knows oh, the yeah, kids, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but part. she doesn't gotcha. know. She doesn't remember him at all. Yeah. So they they everybody seems to know what's going on. Everybody's asking questions, and then on the very last page, she says. Uh, I don't know who you think died and left you, boss, but I don't trust strangers. And then he's like, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm your husband, not a stranger. So clearly she's been, her memory's been wiped, which is what they were trying to do before mm -hmm. he stopped, after he, before he found out they were sort of evolving and stopped which, them. So I guess, it I guess it actually took on her, right? right. Well, because like when um, he came to bust her out and he was like, come on, let's go. We don't have that much time. She didn't even move. Until um, Jocelyn, is that the girl's name? Daughter. Probably. Joseph, um, said, come on, Mom, let's go. And then that's Josephine. when... Yeah. Said, um, come on, Mom, let's go. And then that's when she actually started moving and was ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This whole concept's cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I this like is a great, great story. I like it. It's very. This is going to be a good, uh, good trade reader. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, I think it might just be Adam Style. You know, because he he writes for TV. Uh, yeah. Ronnie's favorite show. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I haven't started. Yet. Like I haven't started show. that, by the way. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> but it's on my Netflix queue. I promise. Um, <laughs> yeah, and there's even in this in this issue, there's a few panels where it's it's totally TV. Um, when uh, when the lab starts exploding, and they have like those couple pages where it's just like them. There's no dialogue or anything. It's just them with like the flames in the background yeah. um, from like different angles. Like that's totally a, a TV thing. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, which is cool. It's cool. Oh yeah, he separates. I mean, there's not even a dialogue on a couple of those pages. It's just yeah. explosions and. And Almost that one like a panel. storyboard for a for a action scene or something. Yep. Yeah. Explosions, explosions. <laughs> this whole this whole story feels like a, a like it should be a TV show. Oh, for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. For sure. 
You know, what's interesting to me is, I, I mean, I would never have guessed that this is the same person that's writing uh, Rough Riders. They seem like two totally different com- – Rough Riders seems really historically deep and comical. This isn't historically deep at all. It, there's nothing – it reads very it's, easy. It's more morally yeah. deep, though, right? I mean, deep as in, like, you have to yeah. really slow down and think about what's happening. You can read through this really fast and enjoy it and, and understand what's going on. Where Rough Rider, sometimes I have to slow down and maybe to get the most out of it, I got to think about the history, think about what's going on. I, I don't know. It just feels like a very different written book. I don't know. Which I, shows I, his versatility. I feel like I have to read Rough Rider slower than some of the other books, actually. Uh, That's what I meant. Because there's so much action happening. Um, that I don't want to miss it, and then there are there are certain times where you you want to think about what's happening, um, and we'll get to that right. when we get to the issue next. But uh, I mean, I I feel like it's it's the same. I can tell it's the same writer. Yeah, uh, the, the stories are very different, um, mm-hmm. but I feel like the the way the characters interact, um, the way the dialogues are written, uh, they're not. It's not exactly the same, right? Because I mean, a good writer is going to write different dialogue for different personalities. Right. Um, but it's like there's there, there's a style that he's got um, in, in the way that people speak to each other. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's because I know that it's Adam Glass. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So there, there is that, and I like that he puts in uh, some jokes when the uh, the security guard comes in. There's, there's a couple funny bits in there. Um, what, what's what's the movie that they reference in this? God, I can't remember now. Matrix. Yeah, no. the Matrix. Was it the Matrix? Yeah, yeah because he said that he can play Morpheus later. All right, so right. Then there were two movie references because there was one, and I was like, oh, I know that. Oh God, what was it? <laughs> I'll, I'll dun, end up dun, finding dun. it afterwards. Yeah, I'll end up finding it afterwards. And I think it was the doctor that said it. Um. <laughs> All right, doesn't matter. Oh, edit. Now we have to put the explicit thing on on, 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 the, on the iTunes. Sorry, kids. Hey, you're you're editing out this part anyways. <laughs> no, I'm not editing no. anything out. Oh, okay, he never edits anything. <laughs> I just edit for uh, sound quality, and that's it. Gotcha. Cool. Let's uh, let's rate this up. I'll um, I mean I'll I'll just give it a, a three point seven five. I thought it was really good. Good execution. Uh, some interesting things happening. Um, I'm I'm curious how long this book's gonna last though, because now that he knows he needs to find the other ninety nine robots in order to find his creator. Yeah. It makes it seem like there's there's going to be a long term. These you know? these sort of story. Did you ever read Ada and Anna, the Image yeah. book? Mm-hmm. And that went on for a while, and it was it wasn't exactly the same. It was like a love story, but it was it was that artificial intelligence coming to life, and you can really take it into a lot of different areas if you if he wants to. That was uh, Luna Brothers, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great comic, by the way. Uh, let's see, Jack, you rated up. Four. I'll do a four. Cool. I, I really enjoy. I'm. I really enjoying this more than I, I thought I would. Mm-hmm. I really thought it was going to be kind of normal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where's my bell? All right. Yes. Roddy. Um, I'm going four point two five on this one. Mm. Just because, like, each little thing 
built from the last issue to get us to where we're going next, and then plus that twist ending, right? Because now he has to go find the other 99, plus who's to say that the creator will be alive or not be an automatron or a robot himself. Yep. Right? You know how that song goes. He's got 99 (laughs) problems. (laughs) And his wife is one. Yeah, she is. Uh, oh, that might be the episode title. Right. <laughs> On fire. On fire tonight. Anyways, last book of the night. Rough Riders. Riders on the Storm, number five. Uh, let's see. We've got uh, Adam Glass on uh, writer. Patrick O'Leaf on art. Gabe Eltab on colors. Sal Cipriano on letters. And I guess this was me. So the Rough Riders, as you remember from last issue... Saw Edison with the uh, the anarchists on the boat. The boat disappears into Niagara Falls. Everyone gets naked. There's funny jokes about penises, not really. And they go looking for the boat. They confront Edison. Uh, Roosevelt's a badass. Uh, and he finds out she's got a alien symbiote in her brain. TBD. And she's not happy about it. See you next issue, bros. <laughs> yeah. How's that? Is that good? Yeah. Great. Yeah. So, uh, thoughts, thoughts. That was a very brief review for as complex as these issues are, but, <laughs> but I think it worked. Well, you didn't, what about the king? Slash. Oh, yes, the reveal at the end. Well, we'll get to that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll get to that. Who, who, what's, what was the king at this time? Is that James? No. It's Bartholomew, right? You just made that up. Mm. I probably did. I'll, I'll look it up as I as we this, talk. This these books take some for me. It takes some like I got to study in order to sound intelligent about reviewing <laughs> this book. All right, here we go. It's uh, George V would be okay. nineteen ten to nineteen thirty six. And is he is he supposed is he supposed to be dead? What is he I'm supposed to be dead? At the end. No, he died in he died in thirty six. Yeah. Okay. The one that's supposed not... to be dead is the, the, the revealed person. Yeah. I guess we can say that, right? Can we just spoil it yeah. now? Yeah, might as well. All right. Queen Elizabeth, so, right? It's Queen Victoria. Yeah. Which would be in George's grandma, right. I believe. Or oh, you okay, gotcha. You're talking about that reveal. Yes. At, at the very I was end. talking about him in the tub. <laughs> yeah. Right before that. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's, that's him. That's the King of England. Right, yes. But it's not the King of England. It's Queen Victoria, who was supposed to have died in 1901. She faked her death, and but she's still secretly ruling England. Right. Okay, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So he's just a puppet. He's Exactly, exactly. Which, that was weird. Yeah. Um... But like, if, if you ever if you ever hear stories about Queen Victoria, uh, it doesn't surprise me. Uh, so I thought it was cool the way that Adam kind of e- extrapolated uh, quite a bit based on uh, on Queen Victoria. And I mean, that whole era for England was very interesting anyway. You know, mm-hmm. so if, you, if you're a history buff, you should probably go read some of that. Actually, yeah. if you're a history buff, you probably do know about it. Uh, right. But if you're not, go go read up on Queen Victoria. It's uh, it's pretty interesting. Um, yeah, she she led a lot of the uh, the expansion uh, of England uh, around the world. Um, 
you know, beyond beyond America, of course, because by then we we had our independence. But um, you know, like into uh, India and uh, the Indies, uh, Southeast Asia, all that stuff. So, right. Yeah, very very uh, prosperous time for England. And as it turns out, the the anarchists are actually British. Yeah, that's that's where Queen Victoria pops in, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and they uh, they led by Edison or with the help of Edison, they're looking to take down the U.S. again and uh, make them their bitches. Uh, yep, that's pretty much how it goes. Yep. There's gonna be a twist, dude. Like Edison's a total a-hole. Okay, I think I said this when it, when we talked about issue four. Edison's mm-hmm. an a-hole, but there's gonna be some kind of twist where he's doing the whole thing to like get it on the end. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I, I feel like there's gonna be some way to redeem Edison. Really? I, I really do. I really do. Yeah. Although you know that. what? Now that I think about it, I think I might have said this last uh, for last issue also. Maybe they don't, and they can finally bring Tesla in here uh, to replace Edison. Yeah, that would be cool. That would be cool. I, man, I'm ready to move on to other Rough Rider teams. I told Adam that. <laughs> I told Adam that in the, the interview that I want to see some of those stories with some of these other teams. But now I'm like, the more I read this, the more I want that. Yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. Maybe... It- it can spin it off like they're spinning off animosity. Yeah. Well, but you know, animosity selling gangbusters. Yeah, yeah. that's true. They're, Rough they're, Riders is that different. I mean, Rough Riders is fine, but uh, animosity is uh, is up there for them. Yeah. Um, I think it might be right behind Baby Teeth. Was Baby Teeth their bestseller? Yeah. Yeah. Baby Teeth number. We don't know number two yet, right? We, no, we don't know number two. But number one was. I, I, I want to say it was probably close to twenty thousand copies, fifteen to twenty thousand. Yeah. Uh, so that that's really good for him. Really yeah. Good for him. So number one normally has a little bit more than number two. Of course, yeah, 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 yeah. But I think uh, I, I think just Donny Cates is kind of on fire right now. You know, he's doing. Mm, he is, he's going to do oh Doctor, Doctor Strange, right? For for Marvel. Yeah, Doctor Strange, and he's doing Thanos. Thanos, forget Doctor right. Strange. Oh, Thanos! I, I was so sad when Lemire was leaving Thanos. I was like, oh, I was supposed to suck again, but uh, right, yeah, dude. No, Donnie actually, I think it. I think it's going to be better. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Lemire. Well, this is the wrong podcast, but yeah, um, Rough Riders. You shut your mouth. You, you <laughs> hey, your DC podcast God is canceled. <laughs> I was reading God Country earlier earlier today. That's good. It's, it's awesome. Have you read Redneck yet? Yeah, yeah, I'm caught up on that. That's good. I'm one issue behind on that. It's one of the few things I'm caught up on. I've only got through two issues of God Country, but it was really good. Mm. So, yeah, so uh, uh, enough Marvel image DC talk. Wait, does Kate have any other after? Doesn't he have another Aftershock title, or he's just doing the one? He's got this one. Um, yeah, and then the other one that he's doing is independent. It's not an aftershock title. Which which public? It's not alternate. What's what is it? Uh, I don't know. It's not four five one. Hang on. I'm about to look this up right now. Um, I know I know it's an indie book, and it's not even like a big indie publisher. It's like a tiny indie publisher. Uh, baby teeth. God dang it. Mm-hmm. I think it came out last week or the week before. Interceptor. That's it. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this. 
why would he this will sound negative but i don't know how else to phrase it redneck and god country sold a lot more than baby teeth okay and the only reason the only re- logical reason is because it was in it was put out by image and i guess people buy image books even though i mean it's not like image has nothing to do with the quality of story that donnie cates is going to write at one at aftershock first image um so why would he put why would a writer put out a book on a at a smaller publisher knowing that it's going to sell less well oh i i see what you're saying as opposed to image right because um, to say he put baby teeth at image it probably would have sold more so yes but the thing with image is at image you're doing all the work yourself uh, oh, that's right. So you're paying your artist, your colorist, whatever, your whole artist team, your creative team. Uh, you pay for an editor. Um, all, all they do is uh, publish it for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, that's right. Whereas other indie publishers will upfront some things. Yeah. Um, I don't well, know. Well, I hope, I hope everybody listen, listening goes out and buys baby teeth. Because all the indep- it seems like all the independent publishers have the same problem with like longevity, mm-hmm. and I really want Baby Teeth to to get a good run. So, oh, and he's he's writing the uh, Star Trek Waypoint for IDW. Huh. All right. Yep. Interesting. Yep. Busy man. I guess he's a Trekkie. Anyways, <laughs> back to Rough Riders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, we gotta rate it. Yeah, we gotta rate it. Oh, wait, no, we can't even rate it yet. Uh, let's talk about the anything. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So, so when they when they dive into the uh, water from the Niagara Falls to go after the ship, mm-hmm. and he's the only one that doesn't strip down. All the men do, which I thought was fine, because um, you know I I'm sure people would be like, oh, she's the only woman on the team. Of course, she's in the show, some you know boob. Um, so I thought that was I thought, cool. I thought it was curious. Well, uh, curious, it's, yes. But it's her personality but cool. is not one to shy away from something like that. And that's something that they bring up, right? Yeah. Uh, but e- even then, she's still the first one to the finish line. Um, she makes fun of everybody. When they finally get on the ship, she confronts her team, um, knocks Monkey's men out, and confronts uh, Johnson and Houdini about what the hell happened and Houdini tells right. her the, the story very briefly uh, they saved the world but she died and Edison brought her back with the little alien symbiote thing mm-hmm. so Annie's Venom alright cool uh, <laughs> she's very pissed though because she, she's felt like she was different right like she's punching through walls and stuff you know what I'm saying like I'd be like what the hell's happening too right um, so she finally learns the truth she's pissed off about it but I think she'll be okay, right? Like, it seems like she'll be all right. She'll just take yeah. her aggression out elsewhere. She's new and improved. She well, used to just be a sharpshooter. Now she can do all this other stuff. But here's the thing. This is what got me thinking. Since Edison's on the anarchy side, right? Mm-hmm. And he's the one that brought her back. Mm-hmm. Maybe she's his ace in the hole, whether she wants to be or not. Yeah. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, the hypnotic 
you know, something. Yeah. He's a genius, so whatever. Some trigger. Some trigger that, that will make her turn on the team or whatever without yeah. her even knowing about it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it doesn't make sense otherwise. He just sort of created his own enemy. Superpower enemy otherwise. Well, he had a crush on her. Well, and he, he does kind of confront her about that um, when he turns his machine on, right? That the anarchist built for him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's kind of where the issue ends, so we, we don't know what the machine is for. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, some, uh, there's some cool moments in here, though. Like, uh, after, after Houdini tells her the story of why she's different, um, he's like, oh, yeah, like, my wife used to say, or says that I have horrible bedside manner. She's like, you're married? And they go into this whole thing. Like, they all reveal their real names to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I thought was cool. Um, it just makes them more personable, you know. Like these people are working together, but they don't really know a whole lot about each other, um, right. even though they're saving each other from death. So it it was a nice uh, respite in between the action um, to kind of personalize these people a little bit more. It was cool. Yeah. And freaking Roosevelt, straight out of Rambo: First Blood. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like popping yeah. out from under the boat. Yeah. Water dripping. That is, I love how his glasses never come off his face. Yeah. <laughs> no matter what he's wearing or doing. Did you guys take a look at the tattoo on his chest? Yeah, the uh, Hydra. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so it's not very clear in, in any of the panels. Uh, but I'm curious to know what the crest is. Uh, looks kind of, it looks it a little was... bit British. It does. See, to me, it looks like the um, Marines-like symbol thing. Huh. Like Gung Ho used to have on G.I. Joe. Because it had, like, a crown-type thing on it, too. You know what's funny? Uh, no, never mind. It's, it's yeah. not the same. Let me, let me look at this again. Hang on. Because when he goes to knock on the king's door, you see a crest also. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. I remember... Uh, but I don't think it's the same crest. Somewhere. Maybe no, I see it's the crown on his head. May, yeah, maybe it's the crown. Well, no, no, no. When, when, when Roosevelt finally gets to the door, there's a gold crest in front of the door. They're, when it says, they're only following the orders of their king. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm looking at the crest now, going back a couple pages. It's not the same thing. Yeah. Um, by the way, I want to know where Roosevelt learned not only karate but obviously judo, and God knows what other martial arts. <laughs> Just curious. He's a he's Just a bad a badass. Man. He is a yeah. badass. And the issue for number six, the cover, looks amazing as well. Yes, 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 yes. Where he's wrapped in the uh, American flag. Yeah. Is that the finale? I uh, think so, isn't it? It's only six issues. Oh, yeah. The first I one was six. It was. So I would, yeah. 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 Oh, man. So oh, a man. lot of stuff's got to happen. In oh, the... he doesn't have the tattoo on his chest. What? You can't oh, see it. They cover yeah. from number six. You yep. can't see it, though. Because his fist is in the way. I don't know, dude. That's a pretty big chest tattoo. I know. But look underneath his fist, though. You can still see it. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. That might be a continuity error. 
You never know with cover artists. Sometimes they're way off. <laughs> they, they haven't even read the story yet. I'm pretty sure uh, the interior artist does the covers too. Oh, is he? Uh, let me let me look this up real quick. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Yep, sure does. Okay, so he does know the story. <laughs> I don't know. Then that's suspicious. Oh, he would. Man. I think he would draw that on there. I'm telling you, you can't see it. Mm. I don't know. We'll, we'll see next issue. I don't know if yeah. you guys noticed the 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 logo designer for this book is the mm -hmm. guy that was doing those uh, B variants for uh, Divinity for Valiant. The, really? The, the funky psychedelic ones. Uh huh. They were just like shapes and colors. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I think it's the same guy. The Tom B Mueller. covers. Yeah, Tom Mueller. Cool. Easter egg. All right, let's read this up. I'm gonna give it a four <laughs> out of five. I love this book every time it comes out. I'll do the same. Give give Adam Glass a four across two books. Four point two five. Ronnie's just sucking love, up. That's all I have I know. to know. It is. No, they, dude. They, like this they hit it thing. off on the interview, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't hate. <laughs> oh. No, but like the, I never really cared about these characters until Rough Riders, really. I mean, yeah, Annie Oakley was cool, you know, you read about her in high school or whatever, you know, or Jack Johnson even, or FDR, but then it's just like, I don't know, yeah. it just brings extra coolness to them right? for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. Next week, there's two awesome books. Baby Teeth number three. Oh. With a... Super freaky cover. I'm um, looking forward to that. And then mm -hmm. Unholy Grail number two mm. uh, will be out next week. And then we we have a break. There's no books uh, from the ninth through the thirtieth. So we're gonna get uh looks like two from weeks the ninth through the thirtieth. Yep. Huh. We got Baby Teeth and Unholy Grail on the ninth, and then on the thirtieth we have Animosity, Pestilence. Uh. 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 These these can't all be that day. Let me let me double check this. All right, here we go. Joe, I know you listen. Let me tell you. Please. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, these are not organized by uh, by date. I got a request for Joe. There, the on sale page is is organized by month, but not by week. Can we break it down into week? Yes, kind of. Uh, all right, so so I was wrong. I'm I'm looking at the dates. So we got Unholy Grail, Baby Teeth next week. The week after, there's nothing. So uh, Ronnie and I are going to be talking about insects because Ronnie's going to be a good boy. <laughs> and I'm it. halfway through. Are halfway you? Through. Okay, okay, I'm good. almost caught up. The only yeah. issue I'm behind on is twelve. All right. All right. Cool. Uh, and then the twenty third, we have Eleanor and the Egret number four. And then on the 30th is Animosity number 9, Pestilence number 4, Normals number 4, and Jimmy's Bastards number 3. Where did all these great titles come out come from? They like it just exploded with <laughs> a bunch of cool stuff. <laughs> oh man, I'm I'm telling well, maybe you, maybe some other smaller publishers should do that. You're right. <laughs> Pestilence is uh it, it's kind of my jam right now. Wow. That's not mine, but okay. That's that's fine. Well, you know, I'm a zombie guy, so that's right. So there's that. All right, we're I like done. zombies. Okay. This episode's done. We got to go record this this.
podcast at a bar, apparently. Yes. <laughs> Where we can get all political and religious. <laughs> Correct. Right, Jack? Until, until Ronnie shuts us down. <laughs> <laughs> this has been the Aftershock Central Podcast, episode 29. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, be sure to check out all the episodes on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, whatever. And uh, leave us a review. I know people like when uh, you know podcasters like when you leave reviews for their shows on iTunes. I much prefer you share this podcast with your friends because not only are you sharing our discussion, but you're also sharing some really cool books with new people. Uh, I think that's it. At Aftershock Pod is uh, the Twitter handle at Jack Sutherland at Ronbar three sixteen at Geekfine, and uh, that's it. We out. See you next week. <laughs>